This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you from Craven Cottage. I'm sorry, I've got that wrong. We're not at Craven Cottage. We're in our own gardens, in our own houses, in our own yards. As we watch the game today, the first big kickoff of the championship season. The Bees and the Fulham are there to kick things off. And the result went according to plan, as far as we're concerned. 2-0 to the mighty, mighty Bees as we are watching this game. And I'll tell you something, there were so many fans excited in West London. We're up here in North London. There's fans all over the place. So we thought, what best to do to bring them all together, Brentford fans and fans, to find out exactly how it went down today. We got all the Bs in the house there. Savvy B, how did you see that game today? Uh, I, I thought it was uh, a bit nervy to start with. Um, I, I was a bit nervy to start with as well, but uh, the, the team kind of copied me. Uh, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, even with no fans, you know, I actually was able to concentrate on the football and really sort of look at the patterns of play. thought uh, Fulham were very, very good. They got some brilliant players. I thought that's uh, Harrison Reed. He was very, very good. Uh, but I thought there were sort of large patches when we really took over. I think after about the first, first half of the first half, we started to take over, play some really good football. Second half, the second half, we did the same thing. Uh, but I thought Mark Condes was the one for me that uh, really changed the game. Uh, just just his, the quality of his balls, really, more than anything. Just really, really good. Got the Allard in the house there. I mean, Harrison Reid we talked about. I mean, he was proving to be a bit of a thorn in our side. He was playing, I thought he was playing very well. And there was a little bit of a stalemate going on. And he was also sort of providing a few little avenues, which was unlocking the bees as well. Um, I mean, how did you see the game, the Allard? Um, I just thought it was a game where it sort of swung each way, didn't it? Fulham had it had sort of 10, 15 minutes where they were strongest and it was a bit like, oh, are we ready for this? And then then we'd have a 10 or 15 minute spell. You saw that in the first half. I think you saw the same in the second half. And ultimately, I mean, we'll, we'll probably all say it, but the substitution played a big difference and, um, and we came out on top. 
and we came out on top. I mean, I was just wondering, do you think there's a bit of rustiness going on on both sides? Because I think, obviously, they haven't played for three three months. OK, we had a few friendlies to play as well. But, you know, do you think that maybe sometime maybe the ball was running away with us? Or, or were they surprisingly on point? Um, I thought I thought it was a little bit rusty at times. Um, it, 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 I think it could be down to that, you know, in terms of fitness and stuff. It could just be down to the fact that they're not playing in the stadium full of supporters, you know. It's a very different atmosphere and, and everything and I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around all of this and, and watching football with it um it it yeah it, I, I don't know there's something different it feels like there is but you know do you know what either team could have won today really if if you know if Fulham are just there were a couple of times when they were on top if they'd have scored a goal would you know how, how easy would it be for us to get back in it I don't know I'm here with the North London bees as well, because like I said to you, bees all over the land have been separated up. But we've got, yeah, oh, I'm here under the marquee. You know, we've got like a little gazebo here, which we didn't need because we thought it might rain, but it's not here at all. With the North London bees, and I've got the Dazza, Darren B in the house here as well. And we were sitting down there, and when that goal went in, there was a massive cheer from here, wasn't it? Hopefully you heard it down there in West London. I mean, you know, the place just rose up here. Absolute delirium, absolute potty. First 75 minutes of that game were pretty tense. I mean, the... Uh, the fingernails are chewed down to the to the bone already. But when that goal went in the first one, it was just absolute relief and absolute deserved as well. I think actually gamesmanship wise, we played Fulham at a good game. Mitrovic was very strong. Uh, the, the, the ginger fellow in the centre midfield for them, very, very strong. Um, had a few chances, fluffed them and we waited for our opportunity and took it. And, and boy, were we clinical, you know? We've got this and... If you listen to our match, uh, listen to our pre-match podcast, Pride of Westcott London, you would have checked out that we had Fulhamish in the house, and we were tetting, full of tetting before the match as well. Uh, myself and uh, Sammy were on the TV before, so it's Fulhamish Bradford all the way. And now post-match, we've got Fulhamish in the house as well. Jack from Fulhamish, you didn't quite enjoy the match as much as we did, did you, Jack? No, I'm finding that, Bill. Um... <laughs> you didn't enjoy it, but tell, I mean, just tell us because it probably was a bit closer than it looked with the scoreline, don't you think? Yeah, no, it was, look, it was the old adage is a game of two halves, and I agree with Savvy said it was a game of four quarters, frankly. It was, um, you know, we, we came out of blocks probably sharper. The second, the second half of the first half, we felt like we're hanging on. Had a few good opportunities in, you know, the start of the second half. And, but at 70 minutes, I'll show you, this is the difference between having a proactive manager and a reactive manager. See, Scott Parker waited for his second and their third, fourth and fifth substitutions. Thomas Frank took it into his own hands and, and made the decisions that changed things. And look, you brought on Marcondes, you brought on Joel Valencia and um, Fulham didn't know what to do. We'd lost control of the game at that point. And uh, a manager who, who knows his craft, who knows what he's doing, rests control of that game back. Stephanie Hansen sitting on the bench, Kevin McDonald sitting on the bench, Harry Arter sitting on the bench. And actually, we lost control of the middle quite early on in, you know, at that point, about 70 minutes or so. And at that point, it didn't look like there was any way back. And when you scored, it felt like it had, it had been coming for a while. Look, games may be a little bit different if Bobby Reid puts that away in the first half, if David Rea doesn't make that excellent save from Mitrovic from the Joe Bryan cross. But, but ultimately, Frank took the game and made it his own. He brought on the players that changed the game. He brought on Marcondes, who well, made one, got one. And, and ultimately, at that point, I think that's the difference between between Frank and Parker and look, you look at the depth on both benches. I was worried if we went a goal behind because there wasn't much attacking talent on, on the Fulham bench today. There really wasn't many options, but we did have options in midfield and that's where the game was lost as far as I'm concerned. 
do you think we played you, I mean, the right game, or played you at the game, um, or played you at your game even? Because, you know, what we did, okay, you may turn around and say, well, you know, Mitrovic should have scored. You know, he hit the crossbar, he hit the crossbar, you know, he had another opportunity straight to, to Raya. But maybe, you know, if you'd taken those, it would have been a different game. But for me, also, Brentford have got this game, especially away from home. They, you know, they sit back, they try and hit you quicker on the break, you know, and that's kind of what we did in the end. And what I noticed as well, you know, with you guys, I mean, we were talking about this one time when you were on the break, you got a ball out of break and we were really in trouble, but you you were kind of coasting out of defence. You kind of pass the ball up to your, I can't remember, it was a man in the middle, I think is it, is it the numbers, I'm not sure it's the number seven, and he was sort of strolling up and I was thinking, if that was us, we'd have been going bang, 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 passing, trying to get the ball up really quickly, calling you on the hop. So, I'm just wondering whether or not our game plan was, you know, was slightly better. Whereas we, we think, listen, you're always going to have an attack. As long as we can defend it, we know that we can hit you hard and fast. Yeah, I mean, look, we don't play on the break. Um, and we've seen it this season. I think Fulham scored one goal on a break all year, uh, if you look at the stats. And um, it's, it's just not something we're particularly good at. What we like doing is controlling games, you know, and, and kind of camping at the edge of boxes and making that kind of pressure count. That's where we've been good. Uh, and we're not set up to play on the break. So at the point where we're being camped on our own box, you've got to change the midfield. You've got to change the way that we're playing. Look, I, I think you did really well in terms of, you know, maybe yes, maybe got away with a couple of bits. What you did was just sat tight for, for 70 minutes or so and then took the opportunities that, were, that, were, that arose at the end by, by changing that up and, and hitting the overloads on the flanks. And, and that's where it changed. You know, what you did was when Ben Rama dropped, drifted into the middle, and that was where the game really opened up. He, Harrison Reed went off. We lost our kind of metal at that point, but I think he had to come off because he was injured. Um, and, and I think if you look at that as a, as a kind of changing point in the game, that the flanks started being overloaded. Those kind of, uh, our fullbacks got absolutely bogged down in it and, and you made it count. Yeah, <laughs> tell you something, it definitely made it count because we were counting one, two in the garden here underneath the marker, rolling around all over the place. But listen, we got the cray. Craig in the house as well. Craig, welcome to your first ever Besotted podcast. How was that result for you to report on? Yeah, yeah, very, very good game. Um, I think as a few people have touched on, yeah, I think both sides looked a little bit rusty, but we grew into the game a little bit. Uh, again, inspired substitutions as well. Uh, Marcondes just improving and improving since he's uh, obviously come back from uh, Mitchelland uh, in, uh, in January. Again, We've touched on that read um, substitution. I think it was a massive uh, changing point in the uh, the game. But onwards and upwards, obviously, to West Brom on uh, on Friday as well on Sky. I'm going to ask you a question. And we're sitting there watching the West Brom game at the moment now. And you're watching it with even more interest now. It's still nil all at the moment yeah. now, which is not a bad result for us. You know, I can't believe I'm sitting there actually cheering chir for Birmingham City. But, you know, that's the way it goes. But I'm just wondering, when you heard the news... And obviously, they were holding it down for most of the back part of last week that um, Bumo had coronavirus, so he wasn't going to play today. Did that sort of strike a pang in your heart? A little bit, because obviously, you know, since he's joined the, the club, he's been so instrumental in, in, in scoring so many goals and us being where we are in the table. So it was a bit of a concern when I saw the uh, the lineups and him, him not playing. It was a little bit of Russian roulette. We knew there was one player... Uh, who had tested positive, so it was a bit of a gamble of who it was going to be. And I, I thought maybe it, it might be another player, but I was very disappointed when it was obviously Prime. But, you know, best wishes to him and hopefully he's back. I don't know. I don't think it probably would be West Brom, so I don't know if it would be Reading or Wigan where we might see him uh, back in the starting lineup. 
do, do you think Fosu did enough to kind of earn his stripes? For me, for, for West Brom, I think I'd probably go with um, replacing with Marcondes to, to start with for, for that game anyway. Mm. Okay, so listen, we're going to go back to, we're going to go to Laney's camp at the moment now because he's got a little cookout in his garden as well as he's doing stuff. So Laney, just give us a little vibe. Who, 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 who you got lined up for us? Well, we've, we're, in the garden today, we've got, the, you've already spoken to the Allah, we've got the Dutchman, we've got Steve and we've got Tony. So you, you can take your pick. We've, we're, we're, ble- we're, ble- we're blessed with opinion here. But what I've, got, what I've got to say is, thank God Mark Condes got that second goal. Because I think once once the injury time had gone up, we, we obviously we taken the lead, and then we just thought, oh my God, you know, we're going to be under the ridiculous pressure. Uh, pressure at one nil down is is not it's not good, is it? So two two nil, the game was won. So thank you, Marcondes, for getting that second goal. What a be- beautiful strike. We we are true. We are traditionally, Dave. We're traditionally at our weakest, two nil up away from home in London, going into injury time. Uh, <laughs> and, and we and we scored at the at the Brentford end. We 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 that 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 end at Fulham is now. You know, we we did call it the Alan Judge end, but now now we can call it the Marcondes end because it, <laughs> and, 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 and it was the last minutes again. Once again, it was the last minutes. It doesn't quite ring, though, is it? Marcondes in the last minute. We will work on that. Whatever. We, we, we'll, get song, we'll get a song of any, out of anything, especially after drinking for six hours after the game today. That's right. Listen, we're going to, listen Steve, I'm going to come back to you in a minute, but I want to actually talk to Siobhan because Siobhan is actually there with the, in the Fulham camp. And she must... Listen, Siobhan, you must have been giving it large to, to Mr Fulham man there. So, so tell me, listen, how was it in this, that Fulham... Brentford household of yours um, during that game? Was it nerve-wracking or did you love it? Enemy lines. Enemy lines, Bill. Enemy lines. What can you do? I woke up very anxious this morning because I didn't know how it was going to play out. I didn't know whether we were going to be fit. I didn't know whether Fulham was going to be fit. I didn't know who was going to be well and who wasn't going to be well. Um, But I felt it was all very on the fence until the you know half time and then all of a sudden great change we needed change the change happened we took our opportunities and it was phenomenal really and we got drafting in some beer and that's how i'm in the fulham camp i was blackmailed the guinness has been drunk the peroni is gone and that's why i'm here and it's just fantastic <laughs> we're loving it steve come back to you over in the laney gap uh, fair play to the Fulhamish for coming on post-match. See you at Wembley. See you at, see you at an empty Wembley. How happy are you, Steve? Over the moon. Do you know what? I'll put it down to Popeye. Because we were struggling and Dave, Dave brought out quiche with spinach. And I think the spinach made the difference. No, seriously. First half, I thought we were 50-50 and... Until we scored, I, I really couldn't see us get anything out of it. I thought Fulham were on top. I thought they played really well then. And then but once we scored the goal, it was like, wow. And then um, the second goal, it was like, well, we're here now. We've done it. And um, overall, I mean, the substitutions, it made the made difference un- unbelievably. I still think Forsu played well, but, I, you know, he's not on Bumbo. I think he, he's, the, he's the man forward. So, yeah, I mean... We'd have took this all day long. And, and the most important thing with nine games to go, you won't want to lose that first game. It's like us 
winning now, it gives an impetus to like go on and try try to do something. I mean, you know, hopefully now, whatever points we pick up, we will be in the playoffs, and that's a starting starting point. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it's interesting because we were chatting here as well because obviously we've just put out the 1988-89 FA Cup quarter-final run podcast. On I think I was still at school then. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I was. We all were and on Pride of West dot London as well. Check that out. But what we were talking about is a Blackburn match. And we said this is almost like a little bit similar to that where you were holding out, holding out. The other team had a few chances. You're holding out. Then all of a sudden, bang, you get that goal, which yeah. is kind of a little bit out of the blue. And then after that, boom, the second one comes straight away. And it was that kind of euphoric feeling where, like, you know, everyone was just jumping around all over the place. And that was... Uh, I always remember dancing with a, uh, a policeman because they were Burnley fans, the police, and the Blackburn and Burnley hate each other. And they were so over the moon that we were beating them. It's fantastic. Excellent. Sounds all good. Lord Lucan in the house there. So uh, over in the East London sides, you must have enjoyed that from East. You must have felt the vibes from Griffin Park from there, did you? Yeah, I did. I did. We sort of did it over Zoom, sort of Brave New World. Uh, yeah, we've got little pockets going on of the uh, the Brentford Cider Boys out in Feltham and uh, Sunningdale's and Hackney, all in little groups in Hamworth. Um, yeah, I mean, to echo everyone else's thoughts, when they said that a Brentford staff member had COVID, we were all praying it was Busby, you know. <laughs> Uh, but unfortunately, it happened to be our, our most informed player. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it, look, look at the Bundesliga, look at look at the English game so far. Forms out the window. The home form doesn't count for anything. It's a bit like a World Cup. Uh, and it's going the away team's, game, uh, away team's way. And I, I think we probably had a little little bit less pressure than Fulham because it wasn't the home game. And we're, we're chasing. Um, you know, and I mean, for me... You know, the idea, look at that bench. And look who even wasn't on that bench. The fr- we've got three or four more first-teamers that couldn't even make the bench. You know, so we've got this strength in numbers and for people ready to come back. And I think that's, that's what showed, yet again, in the last minute, because you know, we were the team that was able to keep pushing them on the break through to, through to injury time. Fulham sort of, to, you know, I, I, I think they were kind of almost settling for a draw after about 70, 75 minutes. You know, once, once Mitrovic had kind of, you know, he kept hitting it straight at Raya. Yeah, they kept hitting the post. Nothing was really happening for them. They kind of thought a draw was a good result. I'm just watching myself. I was just watching Ascot as well, losing losing more money than Sam Soji on payday. <laughs> Indeed. Listen, we're going to come over back this side, north side, because we've got big Bob in the house as well. He's joined the North London Bees. Bob, there's something you gave it a big yes. You also said that goal was class when it went in the second goal, didn't you? Proper class, mate. Great to see Pontus Janssen back. Had a decent battle with Mitrovic. Thought David Braille was safe as ours is. Never in doubt, mate. Maracondes, what a superstar. What a star. And also, and we keep coming back to that, he, he obviously got, like I said, a bit of grief from a section of the fan base for a bit of time and he went away and he's come back. Do you think that maybe playing behind closed doors has actually taken that pressure off of him? No, I think he, I think he just before lockdown... Um, he'd started to come into his own. Um, I, I wasn't all that impressed with him to, in the beginning, but um, he's, he's definitely showed everybody. And uh, he really is a good player, really is. And, and it's, it's sort of endemic of um, Brentford's ethic, you know, the whole club, really. And um, onwards and upwards now, you know. 
Actually, I'm going to go back to the ladies' camp because I want to find out down there, guys, you know, where do we go from here? Because we're looking at this West Brom game now. They're drawing nil all at the moment now. It might end like this, which means that we're, uh, we're catching up on them a little bit, but it's still a bit of a way to go. Um, what are you saying down there, down in, in Ashford Way, about... Um, Ash Vegas. Ash Vegas. Ash Vegas. That's right, Ash Vegas. What, how you, what are you saying down there about, you know, how it's going to pan out the next few weeks, considering, you know, the team that we got to play, considering Bumo's going to be out, considering that, you know, we have to rotate our players. What are you saying? We, we should have, seriously, I think we, we could do it. We can beat them. Because when we went up there this year and we drew the one all, we were far better than them. Even their fans went over and come and said, you're the best team we've seen up there for years. So we can do it. We can we got to try and win the nine at the moment. Um, it's probably too much, Keith, but we've got to believe in the team. But, um, yeah, nothing's impossible, but it, it, it's a lot of points to catch up. We've got to rely on other who's in. That's the problem. I think Leeds, I think Leeds are going to do it, whatever happens. I, I think West Brom are the team. If anybody's going to bugger out, it'll be there. OK, this is it. So, listen... We just watched the Bees beat Fulham 2-0. We've taken six points off them this season. They keep saying it's our cup final. The, the, the question I keep on asking is how many cup finals are you going to win before it stops becoming a cup final? You ask Man City that, you know. <laughs> Do they register cup finals anymore? I'm sure that they don't. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. We're in North London. You're in West London. There's East London. There's all sorts of people oh, in London hey. all around. And we have just beaten Fulham 2-0 and we are voting away to the playoffs and maybe we might even go a little bit higher as we say. Come on! Come on! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.